Radical episode 128. Ladies and gents, I'm Shane Hazel. Thank you for joining me late tonight on uh, on on Wednesday. It is, uh, boy, I'll tell you what, what, I, I mean, things are not slowing down. I think we're speeding up in this crazy affair uh, of the falling empire. Um, but first, I wanted to say thanks to everybody out there who's spreading the good word, who's doing their I'm damned just to get the 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 idea of liberty out there. It is spreading. What's happening in the LNC right now is sending shockwaves not only through the Libertarian Party. Uh, it is sending waves through a lot of the other places like the Republican Party here in Georgia. Uh, I'll get into a little bit of it. And um, but, you know, at first. We're going to get all the, the the admin stuff out of the way. If you want to help me, you can go out and leave me a, just a, a beautiful five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you got something to bring my attention, you can go to Shane at RadicalPod.com. You can send me guests, topics, videos, whatever you want there. Uh, and if you love the show, you can go to Radical or uh, Patreon.com slash RadicalPod and... Um, and support the show. And I appreciate all of you guys that have done so and become patrons. Um, this July 2nd, uh, big announcement, uh, Pete Camianos will be joining me down at Smith's Old Bar for a live show and then some great music with Zach Deputy. So uh, Smith's Old Bar, you can get tickets. And uh, I think all the proceeds are going to go towards Zach Deputy. Uh, entertainers were out of work uh, last year, and I think this is a great uh, opportunity to to help a guy that I think is a, a really really talented guy uh, get back out there and start doing what he was born to do. And when you guys see Zach play, you guys are going to be like, "Wow, man! Like one dude, unreal." So in the news uh, of this last week, uh, the the LNC was hot. I'm going to get into. Um, what happened a little bit, not much more than what you guys already, uh, knew from the last show, but, uh, really, uh, kind of the, some of the, the, I don't know, the resignation letter for sure. Uh, because I think this is a great moment to highlight what I think, uh, Joe Hish Bishop Henchman is, was, will always be. Um, and to kind of bury this thing and be done with it. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of, uh, Biden and McAfee. And a little bit of Father's Day. I see you guys out there. The uh, chats are all open. So I think kind of how I'm going to run this is I've got the chats from all the social media up on live streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitch, and Twitter. And we've also got Twitter spaces open right now. So I'm going to go through some some topics here and you know as we get through some of them i'll start taking a look at the uh comments and man we're just gonna we're gonna bust through this, this is gonna be a show where i probably get a little bit heated uh a lot of things have pissed me off a great fucking deal over the last week so uh yeah warning if you didn't already know uh this is a show where i let it all loose and if that offends you Sorry, but that's my reaction to this goddamn murder cult and the people who are striving to be like them. Um, namely, one Joe Bishop Henchman. Man, when I read your resignation letter, Joe, holy shit, man. Like any any good foot forward that I ever gave to you, any kind words, excitement over not having the last dipshit at the helm, man, I take it all back. 
I I was fucking wrong, man. And this is one of those cases where I didn't want to be wrong. Right? Like I wanted to I wanted to give him the, you know, all the credit in the world for wanting to do something after, you know, fucking Nick Sarwalk basically gets booed out of a convention and you know, like, hey man, anybody who wants that job is, you know, somebody that I'll at least extend. Okay, let's see what he can do. And to absolutely screw the pooch in the fashion that you screwed the pooch with. Holy shit. I'm going to read his letter and I am going to just tell you what I think uh, in the in the most, I don't know, carefree, fun way that I can, if that's a thing with this. But um, without further ado, I'm going to take a sip of water before I get into this tirade. The letter reads, members of the Libertarian National Committee, it has been 25 years since I first became involved in the Libertarian Party. I can still see my rose, my rose like Harry Brown and Richard Ryder and uh, Ed Tessier as, as, as we successfully rolled back wasteful government spending in San Diego. I can still hear the countless Libertarians I've listened to as we've shared with optimism our hopes for the future. And I can still feel the exhaustion and the sore feet from working tirelessly to bring libertarian ideas to voters. We are the inheritors of a dream of our party's founders that we can achieve a, a better, freer, more humane world and that we can make it happen despite the obstacles put in our way. You know, yeah, very, very much the libertarian idea. Go out there and work your ass off. For 25 years to come to this last week and absolutely self-destruct because you don't agree with messaging because you think that we're racist and you think that we're bigots and you think that we're all these things that aren't, you know, real libertarian, right? To, 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 to frown on us about the messaging of a takeover when in actuality, you try to do a takeover, like a physical taking of people's stuff. Don't hurt people. Don't take their stuff. My kids get this. The fact that you guys didn't get this, especially you, Joe, has got to be the biggest tell that you're not a libertarian at all. To be chair has been an honor and a privilege to bring my skills to realizing this dream to build a functional, effective, viable political party that stands for libertarian principles and wins elections to move public policy in a libertarian direction. For my professional life in building up successful organizations, I know an essential prerequisite is that we treat each other as adults and together sustain a culture of empathy, kindness, and professionalism. Real professionalism. As adults, when my kids know better than to take other people's stuff, to tell blatant lies, nothing that made sense, to, to, to weave stories, that's not adult. Empathy, kindness, were you, were you empathetic? Were you kind? Were you professional about the handling of member information? To, 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 to have it, in, in the wrong hands at the wrong time 
to to possibly subject it in a moment of passion to places where it shouldn't be subjected to? Oh, real professional, real, real empathy and kindness. In the back corner of my mind for some time has been an unease that this culture was going or gone. And I regret that I have now come to realize that it is gone from the committee and from the loudest, most powerful voices in our party. No, the, the changed and they've left you where we should leave non-libertarians, right? Shouldn't be part of the Libertarian Party and you can't hide here. And I think that's the greatest thing that we're going to take out of this is you cannot hide in the Libertarian Party if you want to hurt people or take their stuff. Mostly take their stuff so far. You know, and I guess hurts is subjective in terms of hurt party if their their information ever got stolen by somebody out there. The lies and threats leveled at myself and many good libertarians and friends lies about my actions with regards to New Hampshire and threats against any libertarian who tries to defend the party have made clear to me that we are now firmly set down a path I cannot continue to support. Well, that path doesn't support you either. And the thing is, the lies and the threats, what, what threats? Do you have some threats? Did somebody actually come out and physically you know, you know, or say that they were going to physically harm you. If they did, they're not libertarians either. And I'll tell you right now, if you did, you're wrong. If you did it under an alias, if you did it with a nameless Twitter or whatever account you had out there, if you're making threats against people, physical threats against people, you're wrong. Period. At its root, the biggest problem I see in the Libertarian Party at nearly all levels is that toxic people are tolerated. Boy, you know what, man? Toxic is a subjective way to, to, to think about it. We, we think you're toxic. How about that, man? Like, just because I think you're toxic to a party doesn't mean that you get to take people's shit, man. That's just because people are toxic. Boy, I don't know. Maybe try putting some, some love in their life. Try talking to them. Try having conversations with them. I mean, I'll tell you right now, as somebody who made some national press last year, they Joe Bishop Henchman in the in the Libertarian Party, the LNC, didn't do jack shit. Man, I had to beg him to try to go out there and get candidates, you know, a, a, you know, an actual blue check mark. So we actually look like we were even in the conversation on social media. These guys didn't reach out at all. It's unbelievable. Yeah, toxic. Yeah, we fucking know it's toxic. Tolerating people, kind of a libertarian thing. One or two rotten apples spoil the bunch. Yeah, just one or two, right? Toxic people exhaust or drive out good people. They're projecting one or two. I mean, who, who resigned? One or two people? Yeah. Our mechanisms for removing such individuals and addressing such behavior are designed to be effectively impossible and culturally too many people who should know better passively tolerate it rather than confront it it turns off donors repulses allies and makes team projects unviable oh god i mean i feel like he's he's reaching out to i don't know 
the Democrats, the Green Party, it repulses donors. Like, listen, donors in the Libertarian Party, we got a bunch of blue collar people who work their ass off, you know, and, you know, our donors, like, I don't know, man, if I've seen anything, I've seen donors and membership increase ever since the Mises Caucus was formed. And, and thank you to Michael Heiss for having the attitude and the nonstop fire that it takes to do the admin side of the stuff because that's not my game and I don't understand it and I don't like it. I don't want to do it. That's not my thing at all. And so for Michael Heiss to crush this kind of stuff where we have more donors, we have picked up more allies. It makes team projects unviable. Team projects with who? All I've seen that have joined the party, I've seen a bunch of people come into the party under the unity movement. I saw a huge, huge, huge influx when people like Tom Woods and Dave Smith and others out there in this podcasting universe came into the Mises Caucus. I've seen us build more teams with these groups of people in the past two years. Than I think I saw from the time I joined the Libertarian Party in 2015. And I am more excited about working with these people who want to do great things. The committee, when confronted with this problem, has chosen to react to the way a government teachers union responds to a complaint about a bad teacher. Endless process, excuses, and rationalizations. Come on, man. Really? Feigned ignorance? If there's anybody that showed feigned ignorance, man, like it is as easy to spot as saying, I didn't give her the letter to start a new organization or I didn't do my homework to do, you know, that. And talk about being neutral and not making a retraction to say that you were wrong. Not kind of wrong, like, fuck, you fucked up, man. And not to own that situation, you know, we're the ones with excuses, excuses and rationalizations, that doesn't make any sense at all. It's just dead on its face. It's a bald-faced lie. And ultimately, nothing but injustice for the victims. Oh, playing that victim card. What? God, it's almost like you're a DNC operative, JBH. Almost. Maybe, maybe I don't know. The DNC just wasn't your cup of tea, and you, you had some more agreement with the LNC, but Jesus Christ, this is some Saul Alinsky shit. I am now convinced that many in this party want that toxicity. I'll tell you right now, you know, I, I think I speak for a lot of people in the MC, man. Um, we don't. We've been talking about bringing people in. We've been talking about bringing people together. We've been talking about getting to work and busting our asses to grab as much of the the bleed off of people seeing that the Democrats and the Republicans in these last two elections in their rigged elections. We know they're rigged. People know they're rigged. They know the whole damn system is rigged against them. Look at the Wall Street bet guys. Look at look at what's going on in cities where people are rejecting the woke ass BLM people. Not that not the, the black movement, but the socialist movement. This, the people are, are reaching across 
borders and unifying. And these are people we are working with and striving for and trying to bring in. And I've heard places and people say, oh, we're just trying to bring in Republicans. No, we're not. We don't want Republicans here either. We want people who are curious about liberty and are seeing something that they've never been exposed to. That's who we want here. We don't want the toxicity. Man, we want to live in harmony. We want to live in peace. We want to live in consent. You're not going to do that with Democrats or Republicans. What you're going to do that is, is when people disaffect and say enough is enough with all the tribalist bullshit. They thrive on it. It gives their life purpose. It makes sure these always, that there's always an enemy to fight. Not the Republicans and Democrats, not the actual threats to our liberty, but rather invented enemies closer to home within the reach of their vitriol. Man, this is just, I mean, take a bow, man, because this is beautifully written, you know, for somebody that is an operative. The spin on this is just epic. That toxic culture has recently been harnessed in the service of a grouping with a declared goal of taking over the party and making it as repulsive as possible to everybody except themselves. But here's the thing, man, is when we fucking take over the party, it's going to be because we worked our fucking ass off. We recruited, we used energy in ROI and doing it in smart ways. The amount of work that goes into building a, 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 a force, a group of people who identify with themselves to against the machine, against the algorithms, against all the social media. <sighs> We're taking over because we are winning ideas in people's minds, which is not what you guys did. It's not what you did in the least. You went out like people who were drunk with power do. And you took people's stuff. Taking over, trying to form a new New Hampshire party. It's just, if it doesn't hit you right in the face, I mean, did you just, did you write this laughing your ass off because you knew creators like me would it? I, 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 I'm telling you, it's, it's amazing to me. Uh, let's see. Michael Taggart's bartender story stage. One is a few respectable people with odd ideas for messaging. Stage two is an organized push for projects unrelated to or, un, or counterproductive to getting libertarians elected and stage three. Three, I'm going to pause right here again. I think the idea that that's the only goal of the Libertarian Party is to get Libertarians elected is really, really, you know, at odds with the way I view running for office. Like, I don't. I want, I want to dismantle the entire damn thing. That's not power. That's 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 empowering people. The, the the less bureaucracy, the less government, the less corporatism, the less fascism, all this stuff. 
that's not about what you know just getting elected is it's about changing culture stage three is everything in chaos as we lurch from one self-imposed crisis to the next well man this crisis i don't know man I, i'm pretty sure the mc didn't start this crisis i mean if you're just mad at you know messaging and tweets out of the freest state in america right now there's a reason maybe they're a little more brash it's because people in power are scared to death of savages smart well-read savages. I mean, the, the movie Braveheart comes to mind. You're not going to outwit them. And here's the thing. At the end of the day, if you're pointing guns at people and taking their shit, that only happens for so long with paid militias, paramilitary, military, mercenaries. That only happens for so long before they're like, man, this this stuff is fucked up, man. Destroy a life and, and see what happens. What happens to your psyche? What happens to your soul? That shit stops, man. And, and people tell people, stop doing that stuff. But here's the thing is, on the other side of that, there's those of us right here that want peace. And we will defend our lives and our liberty and our property to the very end. That's not what you're about, man. We don't want chaos. We want peace, period. And stage four is it purges all and all previously arrested concerns about due process and fair play thrown out the window. Yeah, uh, fair play, man. And, and boy, purges. Well, yeah, I mean, calling for your resignation, I, I guess, is is purging. But it seems to be purging the people who actually took people's stuff and tried to do things outside the bylaws and outside the rules and everything else, just like a goddamn dictator, right? Like, who just takes stuff? Who just takes other people's stuff, man? It's just the, God, rule two, don't hurt people, don't take their stuff. And what can, what can the LNC chair not do? Help people take other people's stuff by force. It's ridiculous. I am cognizant and frustrated by the knowledge that a vast majority of LP members support where I would like to take the party, including a supermajority of our elected officials and longest serving activists and supporters. But governance of our party is not decided democratically by all of our members or by those who put in the most work electing libertarians, but instead by those who are most organized to turn out bodies at state and national conventions. Yeah, that, uh, that old saying. And I remember Nick telling me this a long time ago, before Nick even knew who I was, and really before I knew who Nick was. Yeah, show up if you don't like the nominee. Cool, man. Right, I'll show up. Well, here we are. The National Committee's actions and inactions are now driven by fear of this well-organized group. Like you, you made the, the offense and you're now trying to turn this as if we made the offense. Come on. I mean, it's just, this is bad. Now it's getting bad, right? Like at, at some point you just get into bad damn acting with the whole thing. And this is bad. In time, the advocates of these destructive tendencies will burn themselves out, turn on each other, and then leave. 
Oh, boy, I don't think so. It has happened more than once before in our 50-year history, leaving principled libertarians to pick up the pieces and rebuild. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe not. But in the meantime, people, the good people, will be driven out of the party by those who wish to perpetuate this cycle. And most especially by those who now see it unmasked, but will do nothing to stand up or speak up against it. I will not chair a party that knowingly and has now affirmatively chosen to stay affiliated. Like knowingly and no, they were elected. They were elected. It's not, they didn't choose. They elected people through convention and bylaws. I mean, come on, Joe. To downplay the fact that these guys are the official party affiliated with this garbage and being spewed. Oh, man. I mean, it just affirmatively chosen to stay affiliated with this toxic garbage. Okay. That was being spewed by the New Hampshire party and similar bad actors in other states. The violent threats emanating from these people and the deliberate destruction of the party's ability to appeal to the voters and win elections. Oh, we're we're coming in on the home stretch. I swear to God, like it's. I know there's only so much of this kind of stuff. Like sometimes you gotta get through the awful. You gotta digest it. You gotta say it out loud. You gotta talk about it for all the reasons and all the holes that are all over this fucking piece of garbage letter. The toxic garbage. Okay. Yeah, you know, toxic garbage. Now, now the people who were duly elected in New Hampshire by the people who were dues-paying members who showed up, put the energy into it, were well-organized. Now they're toxic garbage because you don't like some of the messaging. Nah, now I, I think it's something. Di- I think it's something different. Therefore, I resign as chair of this committee. And from all subsidiary positions effective upon the declaration of the results of the pending email ballot on disaffiliation. I know there are many individuals who came into the freedom movement through the Libertarian Party and are now questioning their continued involvement. Many supported me, sustained me, and worked with me to build what we thought was possible. I would like to extend my personal offer. If you would like to find a path in a career doing libertarian things in one of the many good libertarian organizations outside of the party, I will help you do that. Hmm. Well, I like that. You know, always help and charity. But, you know, if, if we can do that, great. Uh, let me know and I will help you make the connections and find the organizations that will welcome your involvement and provide a way for you to help accomplish great things for liberty. I know it might seem a daunting prospect to find your way as a professional libertarian at one of these organizations, but I know people from all walks of life and skill sets who have done it. If you are motivated, principled, and dedicated, I will help you find a place. Joe, any person that thinks after what you did that you understand what dedication and principle is, man, I I question your principles and I definitely question your dedication. I mean, to, to take people's stuff, man, that's not principle. That's not my kind of principles. I don't think that's the libertarian kind of principles. 
I wish success and safety to all those who remain to fight the good fight. I am confident that the values of empathy, kindness, and professionalism will one day again command the support of the leaders of this party on that. Holy shit. I'm going to stop. Empathy, kindness, and professionalism. Because nobody here has any empathy. We only talk about humanity like every show. Talking about bleeding into people, sharing your stories, how you were duped, teaching people, be kind, be patient. Give people the benefit of the doubt. Work with people where you can work with people. Hmm. That empathy and kindness is gone. That's also, I guess, I don't, is that not professional of us to speak of those things? To do those things? To live those things? Un unreal. On that day, libertarians will be worthy of the trust and support of the American people so that the party can live up to its true purpose, a world set free. Thank you, Joe Bishop Henchman, the 20th chair of the Libertarian National Committee, who has now resigned. Good riddance. It's, I mean, seriously. To have to wade through that bullshit and see where... It, where you just contradict yourself over and over and over and over again. Um, I, I see you guys. Uh, let's see some of you guys out there. Yeah. Decorum. Let, let me finish up the, the LNC piece with the uh, tweet from uh, Josh Smith. If you guys don't know Josh Smith, he was on the show. Uh, he runs the podcast, break the cycle. Great, great guy. Uh, and one hell of a libertarian. He's also a member at large. So, um, as he's going through the, the meetings and everything that are going on, um, it says interim chair Ken Mullman declares motion to oust Carrie Ann Harlos because on their way out, they decided to go after the whistleblower. On top of everything I just fucking said, the Mises caucus grows because it doesn't like what the LNC is doing because it thinks it's nefarious and it thinks it's controlled opposition and it doesn't like the messaging and, and a, a million other things, right? So the Ron Paul revolution part 2.0 is born in the last year's convention happens. Carry on Harless becomes the secretary again and she comes out and she blows the whistle on these ass clowns who are trying to hijack a entire state party. And so they go after her for quote unquote decorum as they're resigning. Anyway, Ken Mullman declared it uh, out of order. It's not amen uh, amendable. And then the new motion will have to be made effectively. Uh, JBH and Francis went also um, those will not count since they resigned. Um, and they will not get to vote again. Anyway, so now we have an interim chair and Ken Bowman um, and Carrie Ann Harlos. Thank God for her uh, and her. I mean, she's she's not even part of the, the MC. So to, to have her do what she did uh, is just absolutely amazing. I mean, just kick ass, Carrie Ann. And, and I, I need to have her on the show here um, in the in the very near future. But um, if you are out there on Twitter and you want to weigh in on any of this uh, in the Twitter spaces, go ahead and, and raise your hand. I'll try to get you in here. Um, hello, Fred. It's four hours. It's, it's four hours in the morning here in France. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's getting late and Andy Craig is gone. Yeah. Andy Craig. 
Uh, also gone, been blocked by all of these guys. I don't even know that I had a, a real run-in with Andy Craig ever. Um, but yeah, these guys took it pretty hard. And um, we're going to be a stronger party for it. Uh, speaking of monsters in this show, um, the dumbass old man, uh, and I'd feel bad for this guy if he wasn't a child molester. Uh, Joe Biden came out. Uh, he's he's trying to, quote unquote, uh, I guess, kind of stem the violence in the the violent uptick here in America. Complete horseshit, absolute horseshit, and they're messing with numbers and all that kind of stuff. Now, is there is there a rise in crime? Yeah, there's some rises in, in crime right now because let's face it, uh, the government has created an awful situation with lockdowns, with closing down small businesses, and and really moving towards fascism at warp speed. Um, but in these remarks, if you guys haven't seen this shit, oh my God, maybe go out there and watch it for yourself. I'm not going to play the audio or anything. I'm just going to read uh, some of uh, Biden's quotes. But, you know, as the as the president, he's addressing, you know, which looks like a, a national address. Um, Biden and A.G. Garland discuss gun violence, right? Biden, quote, those who say the blood of patriots, you know. And all the stuff about we're going to have to move against the government. That's obviously not how the quote goes. It's about the blood of patriots and tyrants and trees. Obviously, uh, he's on the wrong side. And then he goes on to say, quote, if you think you need to have weapons to take on government, you need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. Holy shit, generals. Where the fuck are you guys at? This guy is threatening Americans right now. Threatening Americans with air power and nuclear weapons. What is going on? The old man has lost it. And so I think they'll just have him go out there and throw anything he can against the wall. I mean, seriously. I'm going to go on because I think this is uh, pretty important when... When this guy, you know, as the quote-unquote leader of the free world, which I don't know how anybody says that with a straight face anymore. Uh, he goes on to say, quote, if you willfully sell a gun to someone who's prohibited from possessing it, my message to you is this. We'll find you and we will seek your license to sell guns. We'll make sure you can't sell death and mayhem on our streets. No, you won't. Gun laws don't do shit, man. People still murder. I mean, maybe we should have laws against murder, Joe Biden. Maybe then. Guys, and I know I'm preaching to the choir, but maybe some of your Democratic friends are tuning in. Maybe some of your anti-gun friends are out there. (sighs) I don't know. Maybe drop this on them. Maybe bring them in and be like, look, gun control is meant to harm the poorest people around. You know, when, you know, they talk about having, you know, not having IDs for things, especially on the Democratic side. Like, listen, I'm not for IDs. Right. But to place the the owner of guns in a place where he has to go and pay a fucking fee to the state to get a piece of paper, which is a permission slip to the state, pay fees, get a permission slip to exercise your right. It's wrong. It's wrong as the day is long. And people will still murder with guns. People will still coerce people with guns. 
guns don't people criminals don't follow laws man that's kind of the thing right and and don't get me wrong like not all laws are you know in legality um they're not moral but this this idea that government is ever going to do good things about guns is just a fiction i mean they are they they work opposed to each other and if you look at the worst places in america in terms of you know violent crime they are in some of the most heavily gun restricted places like chicago like flint like detroit like um california for god's sakes i mean all of these places with you know violent violent crimes and you know if that's where the uptick is you know there's there's a great push in this country that's finally addressing how damn racist gun control is I mean, if people are scared to come in and screw with your community, if it's a peaceful community, man, you know that's where we should be. That's where we should all be. I don't care if you're white. I don't care if you're black. I don't care if you're gay. I don't care if you're Muslim or Christian. I don't care about any of those things. If you're peaceful people, the state should be scared to death to come in and screw with, with your people. That's the way it should be. He went on to say this doesn't affect responsible gun owners or Second Amendment rights. It always does. Right. Like. I don't like if I want to go buy a gun from Jimmy. Who that who is the government to judge of us? They are mass murderers. They are the murder cult, for God's sakes. Drink up, everybody. I know some of you guys are playing the drink game. Yeah. They're a murder cult, and what are they going to do? They're going to tell us, no, man, you guys, you're, you're not righteous enough to own guns, to decide who you can you know, buy guns from and sell guns to and all that kind of stuff. Who the fuck do you guys think you are? Obviously, it affects us. It helps keep guns out of the hands of people who shouldn't have them in the first place. There are 22,000-plus gun laws in America. And if they fucking worked, you wouldn't need any more gun laws. It's insanity. I don't I don't know how the Democrats continue to to come out and, and do this kind of shit. Um, I can tell you, I think government is getting more and more brazen. And, uh, you know, as I kind of wrap up this show tonight, 40 minutes in, I probably got enough time to do both of these in, in the 60 minute show. Um I will, uh, you know what, before I do that, I've got a request from, uh, who is this? Never trust authority. Fuck the ATF, man. I like that name. Um, when you, when you get on, man, let me know if, uh, if I can hear you Just start talking there. Never trust the government. If you got questions and you're in Twitter spaces, go ahead. I will start looking at the chat right now as well. Every one of those gun laws is unconstitutional. Michael Lee, you are exactly right. But as somebody pointed out to me the other day, um, the 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 gun signs, the you know the the, the no gun areas, um, and the and the signs that go up there, it's kind of like the Constitution. And this is gonna oh, this is gonna be <laughs> it's gonna piss some people off, right? And they're like. The Constitution is kind of like a, a sign that's hung on America. And like, oh, yeah, the government can't do this. And they fucking did it all, right? Especially the, the whole rights thing. Um, 
but I, my, my listener on Twitter spaces, I, I guess couldn't connect and, and got kicked. So, um, I'll, I'll keep a lookout for this, but I did want to touch on this, uh, this one piece real quick. Uh, John McAfee, man, one hell of a fighter for Liberty out there, uh, was, I, you know, pronounced dead today. I guess I could put it that way to be factually accurate. Um, to be, to, to talk about this in, in, you know, in today's world, I mean, Twitter, um, had trending, you know, McAfee dies, whatever. And it was like some of the official sources, but then all of a sudden, boy, you guys all came through out there. And, you know, as soon as that happens, McAfee didn't kill himself, starts trending. And if you're not on Twitter and you're not really aware of Twitter, uh, Epstein didn't kill himself was a, is still a fairly uh, popular hashtag as hashtags go, you know, they last, they last a little while and then they're gone. Um, so for, you know, some to stick around and the remnant to continue to carry this as if, you know, if there are questions out there, like, I don't know, like real people would ask, like, that's why these type of media sources are now outnumbering CNNs, the Foxes, the, the mass propaganda machines. Look what you guys are doing. Tell, I mean, that's amazing. That shows that our podcasts that are decentralized, that are, all over the place. They are eclipsing what's going on with the propaganda right now. And I think it is remarkable. Um, and I think the more we can talk and do, you know, cross sections and cross shows and cross platforms and everything else, I think the more that we get to bleed into this culture where libertarianism in its fire just burns out the bad and exposes it. It's, I mean, it's going to be really, really kick ass. Um, but anyway, this this whole McAfee thing, um, he was in a Spanish prison. I don't know what the Spanish picked him up for. And that's kind of what I was looking for. I was like, all right, well, you know, why why did they pick him up? Uh, he had been on the run from the government here in the United States for tax evasion, tax fraud. Um, you know, obviously, you know what we think about uh, a, a guy that really kind of pioneered some very, very valuable um you know, protocol in terms of IT for anti-theft and antivirus. Like that guy was a pioneer and he, he did great things for people who wanted to ward off, you know, places like the state for God's sakes. And so, you know, what is his reward for lifting mankind or helping maybe to protect some of its information? Pay us, pay us tons and tons and tons of money. Right. The, the, the tax on being uh, productive, it's dumbest fucking tax ever. So anyway, he gets wrapped up. And um, as I guess as early as today or maybe it was yesterday, I don't know what time um, local it was, but uh, he gets told that he is being extradited back to the United States. And lo and behold, he winds up dead now. I haven't seen anything uh, of real substance out of the press. Uh, and why would they? They are uh, anything but, I don't know, in touch with who we are and, and what's going on as a people here in America. Um, I think a lot of people have a lot of questions. I think, you know, for John McAfee, um, a guy that kind of, you know, 
is part of our culture, obviously, as libertarians um, in, a, in a big way. He touched a lot of people on both sides, uh, not because of libertarian, not only because of libertarianism, but because he did great things for humanity. Um, bit of a bit of a, you know, uh, I don't know, a, a wild man, a free spirit and, you know, somebody that absolutely would not be tamed. And, and for a guy like this to have whacked with a dollar sign, schwacked, you know, tattooed into his arm to make statements that he's made on Twitter. You know, it seems fairly unlikely, um, especially given, you know, billions of dollars and the fact that I think he said he had like 32 terabytes worth of information on these asshats. Like, I hope, yeah, uh, Fred, I hope he's not dead either, man. Uh, I hope what happened is he said, hey, you guys want to get rich real quick? I got a lot of crypto just waiting for you. Let's blow this popsicle stand and get out of here. Um, you know, that'd be that'd be amazing. Or, you know, you know, if he is if he is deceased, um, you know, a dead man's drop where all of this gets uh, completely, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know, exposed. If it was the entire system just that much more. I mean, Jesus. We just watch the Hindenburg go down in flames as the empire crumbles and burns before us. But it, it, I mean, honestly, if it's the truth and it's out there and there's proof positive, you know, of a guy that had uh, the the means to do it. Boy, what a what a great hope that would be. So, yeah. Do I doubt McAfee killed himself? I doubt McAfee killed himself. I do. I'm, I'm I don't care if it's conspiracy. I don't give a stuff. Do I absolutely reject the propaganda that comes out of uh the associated press and the rest of them yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you right now they are the enemy of the people because even in the you know the the, some of the quote-unquote factual pieces that they'll put out for you i would as a right you know as a writer you need to be asking questions even of your audience because you want your audience to continue to ask questions. And that's why shows like this do well, right? It is, I want you guys to be able to ask the questions when you read those types of AP articles or the, the disingenuous New York Post or the, you know, the Washington Times or whatever the hell it is. Because I've gone through a bunch of them already. And I'm just like, all right, well, who's asking the question? Who's asking the question as their visitor logs? Are they electronic? They should be. It's 2021. Anybody who comes in the gate should have an ID that is a swipe card so they know time in and time out of a facility that has prisoners in it, for God's sakes. Because here's the thing is, it's not only for the the people who work there security, it's for the prisoners security. When you disarm people and you throw them in a cage and surround them with men with guns, that are maybe some people that have pissed off some other people in the past, right? You, you don't just get to, you know, free them to the wolves for God's sakes. That's not the way this shit is supposed to work. There's supposed to be trials. There's supposed to be a jury of your peers. I mean, and that's the thing is none of this, none of this shit happens. So first and foremost, is there a visitor log? All right. Who's at the prison when this man dies? On that cell block, there should be some type of entry control point where you're sliding another electronic card. These things aren't expensive. It's a prison. It's state run. 
God's sakes, they probably have them to get into the, the government buildings. I'd almost guarantee you. Where are the cameras? Any cameras? Do we have anything on camera at all? Because I swear to God, in you know, in New York, when Epstein was killed, and you know, I don't know, the guards were just not around and the cameras malfunctioned, and it was all just, oh yeah, man, this is the official story. And everybody was like, Really? This is the this is your official fucking story that the guards weren't around. Somehow this guy strangled himself to death after being on suicide watch. And nobody knows what the fuck happened. I don't know, man. Like you didn't think, I don't know, far enough ahead that this guy should probably be under 24 hour watch, 24 hours a day, all the time with some really, really, really nice security around it. I mean, a guy that could implement some of the biggest, most powerful people in this world. No, man, we we just we just use normal security. What? <laughs> what the fuck? Same with this. It's like you got John McAfee in a cage and he owes those guys lots and lots and lots of money i mean millions and millions and millions of dollars and he's been all around the world just you know kind of pissing people off that are in power like he stood in their way for a long time being john mcafee and developing anti-hack anti-state type fucking software it's just the repetitiveness, the M.O., there's no imagination with this shit whatsoever. And the press is just like, okay. I mean, seriously, how long, press, before you figure the fuck out that when you don't start towing their line, that's when you disappear? I mean... Are you going to figure that out beforehand? Or are you guys going to wait until they really, really start, you know, finding reporters dead all over the place? Boy, I did. I mean, I did see that one girl come out this past week um, that said some things that I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm interested to hear. I haven't heard them yet. Some I think it was a reporter down in Texas talking about how hot it was supposed to be outside. And she's like, oh, man, this whole, you know, COVID narrative blow it right out of the water. I would love to see more and more people who are paid by big stations blow it up on live TV and be like, I got stuff and I'm out. This this whole control narrative stuff from top executives at News Corps and all that kind of shit, like you're gonna like it's coming. Like as as you start to see more and more of this happen, you know, the project Veritas's and everything else out there that people are just, you know, sneaking around with their phones and everything else and they're gonna win. There's just more of us. And at the end of the day, you know, when you're bad people, people don't want to be around bad people. Kind of just a natural reaction, right? Just like, yeah, we don't want we don't want to be around you, JBH. We don't want to be around you, Joe Biden. We definitely don't want to be around people that killed McAfee. So I don't know. I'm uh, I'm getting into the last of the hour here. And this was called monsters for a reason, right? Like, I think there are monsters involved in all of these stories from the murder cult. Now, with that being said, it was Father's Day this uh, this this past weekend. And to all the dads out there that are 
busting your ass, um, mine included, moms, dads, both of you, because I don't think I did a Mother's Day show, and shame on me for not doing that. Uh, I, maybe I'm just a little closer to the dad thing. But uh, <laughs> what a what an amazing experience it is to be a dad, right? Like this is to be able to do this and to share this. I, I just got done doing a year one uh, podcast. Uh, with Tommy and I had a great time doing it. It was very different. Um, and, uh, you know, to, to be able to talk about other aspects of life other than politics and, and all that kind of stuff, I think is something we need more and more and more because, you know, as you're getting the political stuff figured out, there's also a lot of stuff within your own personal life to get figured out. And as you grow and mature as a man or a woman or a couple or a family, even, um, these things I want to share with you guys because I think um, I feel pretty good about what we're doing and how it's coming together and to see the progress. And, you know, and I am proud of it, right? Like I, I really am. And so um, there are times um, of, of, you know, great growth and uh, there are also, you know, times of great humility, um, you know, for, for me, for, for anybody that's, you know, going to be, you know, I mean, people in general. All right. So, um, one of my, one of my sons, um, I shouldn't have said that, but one of my sons, it was, he, he, he was a little scared of some things and as a dad, you know, trying to, and this, this goes for all of them. I should just say that, you know, once upon a time it was all of them, but I had this kind of this realization the other night and thanks to Jordan Peterson for the phrasing of this entire piece right here. Um, you, know, you see some things, you hear some things as a kid, you know, whether it's a blip from a, a scary movie as a trailer, it's, it's something that just kind of sneaks into the, the back of your head. And when the lights go out and mom and dad aren't around and things are quiet, you know, they start to come out. I remember being a kid like that. I was scared to death and this is crack you guys up. Like I was scared to death of the green wicked witch of the West, right? Like I thought she lived down at the end of my hall and that's where my bathroom was. So if I had to pee in the middle of the night, man, like it was just like really, you know, terrorized. Like I was terrified, you know, very young kid. And so I'd get up and I'd leave all the lights on and I'd go to the bathroom and I'd get back in bed and I'd leave the lights on. And my, my dad, my mom obviously knew that I had uh, probably been scared that night and, and left all the damn lights on. So at any rate, um, I, I understand and I remember what it's like to have those fears as a kid. And I remember, you know, some of the talks with my dad, but I don't remember this talk. And because of Jordan Peterson, I was able to relay something to my child that I found, which I would have found very comforting. And to see his face change as I was telling him, right. And, and Jordan Peterson has talked about this several different ways, but recently I think uh, I saw something and maybe it was kind of recent that he said it, but he says you should be a monster that has it under control, right? It's, it's, it's these people that we need to strive to be the people that are extremely dangerous people that have a capacity for violence that is so extreme that nobody would approach your life, liberty or property, Right. And as I heard this, and as I'm speaking to my, my son that night, it dawned on me. So what are you afraid of, man? He started talking about monsters. And I was like, oh, 
golden opportunity. Golden opportunity. So I said, hey, I know you don't realize exactly who your dad is. I know you know that I've been some places and done some terrible things and that war is war, but I don't think you really have any idea what your dad's capable of. And maybe I don't either, but I do know what I am capable of and I know what I have done in the past. And I know that the feeling that I have for my family is when it comes to those moments. And these guys weren't even blood relatives at the time. If, if you catch my drift, my team, and I would have done anything for them. And I loved them, but I can tell you right now, I love my wife and my kids more. And to see his face for a moment, kind of have that puzzled look. To be able to follow it up with, your dad is a monster. Your dad is an absolute monster, Henry. And I'm not bad. I'm here for you. I'm here to protect you. I'm here to protect you against the other quote unquote monsters of the world. You got a monster built in monster in your house that is here for you and your sister and your brother and your mom. And man, it is, it was one of those things where I saw his face digest this, comprehend it and switch an attitude where he's like right on. And then we continued to have that discussion a little bit longer about jujitsu. My job as this monster is to guide you in this path of how to be a monster, but be a good monster. And at that point, you know, he just, he got this big smile on his face, huge smile. And he started talking as he does and asking questions. And do you think I can, you know, I'm like, yeah, you got it. You got it. But I have not had a problem with monsters since then. And I got to tell you, one of the best things that you could possibly do as a dad is go out there, maybe get some training. Go out there and and learn if you're into self-defense, which I think most of this crowd is, you know, learn some things, get in shape, start looking at your diet because I don't know what times we're in for, but I can tell you if you're of sound mind and body and spirit and have the capacity and the to defend you, yourself, your property, and to work with other people. The, this transitional period is going to be much easier uh, for all of us in, in, in your family. So I just, I wanted to share that little bit of, you know, me being a dad and a dad moment to where I think if I could pass that on to guys who are younger, who maybe aren't dads yet, guys who are about to become dads, dads that are older than, than I am. In this time, people are looking Four good monsters, the savages, the studied savages that scare the shit out of the murder cult. And the thing is, we're finding them. Learn from them. Talk to them. Educate yourself. Get with them. Whatever it is. Make something happen. 
bring people together, work with them. And I am going to take a couple of the, um, a, a couple of the questions here online and in the chat before we wrap up. But, uh, I want to say thank you guys for everything you're doing. I mean, we're getting name dropped, I guess on Tom Woods. I got a text here just a little while ago. I was like, that's awesome. That's amazing. So thank you guys. Um, Quest, I am going to add you as a speaker, man. And boy, I hope this one connects this time. Uh, let's see. And online. Thank you guys. Yeah. Uh, Luke, so cool. Um, you're a monster. Love it. Dad scares the monsters. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, guys. Um, Quest, can you, can you speak? Yeah, you know, let me let me turn you up a little bit here. Quest, I got you. How do we make sure that they understand the difference between what they're being fed and what we're and what we're telling them? Oh, I mean, and, and how how to uh, differentiate with a, a studied yes. eye what propaganda yes. is versus yes. So h- how do we do that? Yeah. Um, I, I think there's, I think it's a technique, man. I think there are some people that are, you know, really, really good at it. And I think there are some people that are, you know, very trusting. Uh, I used to be very trusting. Um, and I think it's one of those things where it just comes down to a good base. What do they know to be true? And, you know, have you presented them with the counter arguments? Uh, if you can do both of those things where, you can, you know, present the counter argument and ask if they understand it and if they can argue it back to you uh, versus what you're, you know, which what we, what we talk about in terms of consistency and principle mm-hmm. here on the libertarian side. Um, I think they naturally, uh, you know, it's, it's I, like I talk about, you know, liberty is fire, man. Like it's it's pure, natural uh, law. It is the law of consequences. And over time, you know, there, there is a trend and, and, you know, people who stand close to fire, who are not, um, that, that aren't in line with what they're saying they're in line with, whether it's, you know, lies or whether it's, you know, deceitful behavior. I think all that stuff kind of rises to the surface and gets burned. Um, and if they're, you know, good people and they're pure people and, you know, I don't mean this in, in, in any other type of way rather than just principled um you know those people can stand there and spit fire and burn these things out and looking at things critically i think you know the more time you spend with your kids um maybe reading through uh you know articles or watching you know news segments to kind of pick and show them how things are manipulated on their face, you know, whether it's somebody reading into a story and they start to give all these adjectives or descriptions um, that are good or bad, you know, or if they are speaking in general generalities or things like that. It's, um, it's, it's all of those things that over, you know, the, the course of, I don't know, 15, 20 years in your life, uh, they should be pretty adept at it. And I mean, I'm going to give a lot of credit uh, to some of the younger podcasters out there, man. Like I didn't find real liberty um, for a long time. And to see how many young podcasters we have out there that can articulate and speak. You guys are going to meet uh, Keith Knight on the show. I think it's next Thursday. He's 25 years old. Um, I was on his show and he's absolutely brilliant. And he's got energy. He's I mean, he is a He's going to be a great, great 
part of this libertarian movement. So Quest, I, th- I think, you know, of those things, um, that's a, probably a pretty good place to start, brother. Thank you, Shane. Uh, hey, man, I love you. Thank you for everything you've done. Quest has uh, been, you know, long, long time supporter. And, uh, you know, I, I love, I mean, just to, to stick with a guy that's had the evolutions that I've had. I mean, really, really can't, can't say enough, but uh, we are running over an hour now. Thank you guys for hanging out with me. Um, I will try to be back here tomorrow. Uh, thanks for bearing with my hectic schedule. I know it's all over the place. Um, trying to put in place a real schedule um, so that we can get guests lined up and all that fun stuff far, far in advance, but um, it's coming. So thank you guys for being with me tonight, bearing with my, uh, my rants and rages and, and, and stories. So uh, like always, I love you. I need you. Peace. Um, don't hurt people and don't take their stuff.